0: Welcome to Cellular Agriculture for a Pandemic-Free Future. My name is George Ortega. This is episode number 59 and I'm recording it on Sunday, September 27th at four forty-five p.m. Eastern Time. Um, what I'd like to do today is just basically a preview of just trying to get this series a bit more organized. Um, well, I'm not going to share the screen. I'm, I'm beginning to uh, compile We'll put together a, an outline of the major themes that I want to um, cover, and ideally many times cover them in, in a certain order. So, um, so let, me, let me do that now, okay. Um, all right, so, okay, let's see. Um, now, all right, we'll start off with what the next few years will bring. Um, expect to be wearing masks for probably another year or so. Um, Hold on, I've got to like, I've got to pause this. All right, there was some noise outside, so I have to close the window. So let me return to the, uh, so yeah, so we'll be wearing masks for another year at least. And that's you know so that means we'll be you know distancing you know restaurants will will open and close businesses will open and close it seems you know this has happened already in Israel for example they they've um, they opened up society then they just uh, closed it some of the European countries like Spain and France have experienced this you know an opening I think Madrid was just recently recently or at least parts of Madrid were closed again so again expect this this era of caution to, to um, you know, to last at least a year, perhaps to um, definitely, all right, so how long will we be wearing masks? Yeah, so like about a year or so. All right, now the financial cost of COVID-19 to the US economy. I wanna go through what has been reported by the New York Times. Washington Post and Forbes. They basically refer to a Congressional Budget Office report in um, April that predicted we would be spending about $8 trillion. And The New York Times and Washington Post articles report that as early as June, June 1st, we had already spent about $6 trillion. And. so the, you, we can expect the cost to go up beyond um, $8 trillion. And that's important to know because like what this series is calling on, on us to do is to invest one half of 1% of this $8 trillion, $50 billion to fast track cellular agricultural research so that we can um, essentially have these products in supermarkets in two or three years, rather than 10 or 15. Okay, then we're gonna go through understanding the pandemic from a scientific perspective, pandemics in general, how they're transmitted from animals to humans. You know, I've shown, uh, let me see if I can call up, um, uh, no, I better not, all right. uh, So, yeah, so you know, I've I've got a list of how you know the major epidemics that we've had um, mumps, measles, uh, flu, avian flu, (coughs) uh, Ebola, MARS, SIRS, SARS. They've all come from animals. Uh, Some (coughs) pandemics come from mosquitoes, epidemics, but uh, the vast majority come from animals. Uh, And we'll review. It's very important we'll continue to review the number of epidemics by millennium, century, decade, and year to highlight the fact that, for example, in the first millennium of the common era, (coughs) there were eight epidemics in that whole thousand years. In the first 10 years of this current millennium, the 2000s, we've experienced five times that many in 10 years. So that tells you everything I think you need to know. These these epidemics are becoming much more um, prevalent, much more risky, much more of a threat to, to our health and and civilization. All right, I think it's going to be very important to understand why this is happening from a spiritual, religious perspective. And and with this, I think I have some good news. I, I, I believe that um, that God is really in the process of, um, of creating a much better world for us. God, this is like, you know, it's not just this pandemic, it's... For example, we're finally addressing abortion, and even that's not going to be enough because even if Roe versus Wade is is, um, reversed, that means that abortion is a state's right, meaning that about 21 of the 50 50 states will allow abortions, meaning that anyone in the states that don't allow it can just travel a state or two or three to obtain an abortion. So, like, you know, I think um, that's part of it. Another part of it is like, Like we have these four major areas where we're just doing so badly ethically. Another one is global poverty. There's still way too many people, almost a billion people who are extremely poor. Their children die at a rate of about 10 million a year, uh, children under five. And and unfortunately, with this, as we transition from factory farming to cellular agriculture, we will have to bring these sub-Saharan Africa's mainly where, where this poverty resides into the global economy more. We'll have to help them develop, you know, uh, create the factories, the, the, the clean meat factories that will allow them to not just be safe from future pandemics, help us keep our, the entire world free from future pandemics, but also um, to, to boost their economy, to lift them up out of their poverty through this this way of, of basically there's, there's this correlation. In other words, like a lot of these, in a lot of these countries, they can't work as hard as they would otherwise because they don't have the calories. You know, people aren't getting enough calories to be able to do the work. So as they get enough calories and and good calories with a lot of protein from this clean meat, they will be <laughs> better able to um, to build their economies. All right, so. Um, and And the last one is, is of course climate change i 'm very optimistic that God is doing this to basically help us summon up the will to finally address climate change because I mean, if you think this is threatening to our, your lifestyle, your life, you know do some reading on climate change it 's just like it 's beyond um, it 's beyond belief all right so we 're going to um, we 're going to be going through the moral causes of the coronavirus and and, and, and future pandemics. And again, that's just what I was just talking about, just these f- four areas especially. Um, abusing animals, 70 billion farm animals every year, aborting as many lives every year as die of every other cause combined, uh, ignoring the one billion people, roughly one seventh of our human population um, that, that live extremely difficult lives because of extreme poverty. And and finally, the um, uh, ignoring climate change, not addressing climate change. Um, I'm not sure if I said that before. Anyway, all right. Anyway, so um, now, so I want to also go through, you know, how we will protect ourselves from future pandemics. I did a bit more research on this, and I discovered that, you know, I, I was I was touting. Well, yeah, universal vaccines will be another approach, even though they'll have to wait maybe. 10, 15, 20 years, we may have to wait longer than that. I mean, they're, they're working on a universal coronavirus vaccine, they're working on a universal Ebola virus vaccine and a universal influenza vaccine, but there's also different viruses. There's hantaviruses, there's, there's different viruses that don't, don't fall into that category. And even within that category, for example, at work on the coronavirus, they're able to find some success with three manifestations of it, but, or no, the Ebola, I'm sorry. Well, three manifestations of Ebola virus. Um, I'm sorry, out of four, out of four major ones, they are able to address one out of four. The other three, they're not able to address. So universal virus vaccine research is maybe a possibility in 30, 40 years. Unless, again, we we just rapidly scale up that research also. But again, if you tie in the morality of this to the science, if you believe in God, like 80, 90% of us here in the United States, or we believe in higher power, we'll kind of like suspect that God is not gonna allow us to develop these universal vaccines that will allow us to continue to torture and abuse, abuse um, billions, tens of billions of, of farm animals every year. So, all right, so we'll go through, you know, the, uh, the cellular agriculture technology. I mean, it's, it's, it's basically simple. I mean, you just take uh, a biopsy from an animal, it doesn't hurt the animal. Few cells, you grow it in lab, these, these cells can multiply and keep multiplying. So that we can create as many millions of pounds of, of chicken, beef, pork, whatever we want in a way that's completely cruelty-free and you know, basically represents essentially our only um, well, I was going to say our only chance of, of preventing vaccines, but actually, there's, if 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 I'm right, that that we're undergoing a spiritual reformation, that God is like you know saying, all right, it's time for us, for our future, uh, future of our civilization, future generations, for us to really scale up the power of our conscience, of our morality then we may actually, to a great extent, bypass cellular agriculture and go directly to either plant-based meats, which are analogs of meats, and they're kind of like they use plants to mimic or imitate the taste of meat, the texture of meat. But we might even go a step further and our entire planet may actually decide to become vegan. That is probably the ideal um, scenario option we have. And it'll probably, at least for a while, be a combination of all three: clean meat, plant-based meat, and veganism. Okay, another another topic that I'm going to be addressing more that I haven't really addressed all that much yet, because it does present a uh, another way to to help us be free of pandemics and something we have to do is like we've been encroaching on on the um, our global um, forests you know, the Amazon rainforest or our, our wildlife, we keep on like encroaching on that. And, and so when, to the extent we do that, these wild animals have, um, don't have as much of a distance between us and them. And that's another source of transmission of these epidemics and pandemics. And then we're gonna be going into the politics of the near future. Cause like it's, we're moving into an era where, you know, Right now, until now, for the last decades, you know, last century and longer, it's been the politicians, the corporations, uh, the rich who've been calling the shots. They basically buy our politicians. You know, they contribute to their campaigns, and the politicians end up doing their will instead of our will. That has to dramatic. We can't afford that anymore. So, So, like, going back to, like, what the next few years will look like, Expect a major challenge to Supreme Court decisions like Citizens United that allow corporations to to spend unlimited funds on campaigns. Expect that we will opt to protect ourselves from that very self-serving, dangerous political um, political um, license that we've given the, you know these people. You know, again, like you know, it's not the corporations and and rich people are bad per se. But they don't you know by this is't opinion, this is fact they they basically ignore um virtually the public good in favor of their own personal good that's how their corporations work, their corporations work to uh to um to enrich their shareholders you know so they they do as much as they can get away with legally, and that's not good for us that's not good for our future so so another another area we'll be dealing with is who is losing power and influence in this new world. All right. So that was, uh, and again, uh, you know, I hope that, um, that God allows me to over the next few days, few weeks, just work on that outline more, fill it in. You know, I want to, you know, present, you know, in the screen share just the basic facts and and, and cite the references. You know, a lot of the references will be Wiki, but a lot of references will be articles in the New York Times, Washington Post, you know, the established, you know, trusted, uh, for the most part, uh, media institutions. So, all right, so we've got a half a show left. And I wanna focus now on, again, I wanna get positive. I mean, it's, 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 it's impossible to, this, to do this show effectively or sincerely without pre- presenting the risk. You know, the, the, you know, when the epidemiologists tell us that um, it's not a matter of if, but rather when the next pandemic will hit, we need to believe them. And we need to understand that unless we end factory farming, um, again, we will have another pandemic and probably within the next 10 years, you know, the the, the rate of, and the reason I say that, one one thing that I didn't mention in detail, you know, the causes of these pandemics, four billion passenger flights, airline flights every year. So um, that's a major component of this. That explains, again, why in the first 10 years of this millennium, we experienced five times more epidemics than in the entire first thousand years of the common era you know, and you can't ignore that. So um, so it's important to understand the gravity of our situation. It's also important to understand that um, that God apparently wants to make of us a much more virtuous humanity. He did this back in the mid 1800s by ending slavery, by creating an abolitionist movement before that, that awakened people's conscience to the horrors of slavery, the injustice, the cruelty. And so, yeah, we had to endure a, a civil war to end that institution here in the United States. Fortunately, it doesn't seem like we'll have to endure a civil war to be pandemic-free, risk-free. And again, when I say that uh, by transitioning from factory farms to cellular agriculture, we will be 99% plus pandemic risk-free. You know, there's still we we'll remain outside. And, and, we, and, you know, all right, it's not just the factory farms. We're going to have to end family farming also. Because, again, I've mentioned this before, the 1918 um, Spanish flu that killed between 50 and 100 million people, more people than World War I killed, um, was started in a family farm. It wasn't a factory farm. So, you know, to be as safe as we want to be, as we need to be, we 're going to have to end all the farming of animals, which the cruelty is you know like even even on these fa- family farms, you know animals want to be free animals don 't want to be like penned up and caged up and tied up you know that 's not what they 're for it 's just like it's much it 's much kinder than a factory farm, but you know it 's not as, as kind as it should be yeah. so but but again, the main point is we 're in an era where God seems to be. Also, not just making us more virtuous for the sake of these animals. And and I think that's a major, major accomplishment to to consider these animals, to to stop humanity from from just like considering ourselves all important at the expense of of all other (coughs) sentient life forms. That is just so wrong, it's been so, it's kind of like slavery, it's worse than slavery. So, and and I say it's worse than slavery because if, if you were asked you know, if you have, if you were given the choice of being a slave or an animal in one of these farms, you would choose a slave. Same as like being in a concentration camp in, in the Holocaust. You know, choice of that and being in a cage in you know in a in a in one of these factory farms, like a pig or a chicken. You know, you you would choose the concentration camp. I mean, that's how horrible these farms are. So, um, so yes. Yeah, so basically, we're not just being led by God, who really is in control of this. I mean, like again, I've said this before, in order for you to view this objectively, you need to move from this mistaken notion that you have a free will, that anything is up to you, to the more accurate understanding that it's God's show, it's God's world, God is all powerful, he's doing this. But, you know, as unfair as it it seems to me, as it may seem to you, we're nonetheless punished for the wrong that we do, that we're compelled by God to do. You know, on the other hand, we're rewarded for the good we're compelled to do also. So it kind of balances out, but it's important for you to understand this so you can see this objectively so, so you don't stay in denial. Actually, denial is one is something that I'm going to have to like explore in major detail as one of those topics that i added to the list. So it's not just about being kinder to these animals, it's also about Showing us about about making us into a much better humanity, a much better morally human race. That we will finally successfully address climate climate change. Again, this this the, these few years that we're going to be going through, a couple of years perhaps if we're lucky. Um, they pale in comparison to what climate change bodes for us in the coming decades. And this isn't like, I'm not talking about 2050, I'm talking about 2030, 2040. You know, these are gonna be increasingly difficult times. These hurricanes, we've had so many hurricanes this year that we may run out of letters. You know, they're named after people, you know, out going from A, you know, for the first one to now I think we're at S or T or whatever. So, you know, this is like, you know, that, that's just one manifestation The wildfires in California and Washington are another manifestation. And these wildfires are occurring not just in the United States but throughout the world. Um, our increasing divisiveness is also, you know, um, uh, something that that's, you know, this, this climate change, it's, it's dividing us. It's, it, it's something like abortion, you know, it's, it's serious. And yeah, the, the Republicans, you know, are right about abortion, it shouldn't happen. And and the Democrats are right about climate change, we should be addressing it. So so one one thing that will need to happen is that we need to be honest with ourselves. We need to like move from from our party identity, oh yeah, I'm a Democrat, I believe this, I'm a Republican, I believe this, because that's what our leaders tell us, to really objectively looking at the situation. The Republicans aren't all evil, Democrats aren't all evil. We're both doing too much evil you know, both parties neither party is coming to the defense of these animals, for example, you know, the factory farms. So, so in, 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 in light of all that, we can basically conclude that, you know, some people, people might say, well, this is like a cloud with a silver lining. And yes, that, that's a, an accurate assessment, but I think a more accurate assessment is that this is like a blessing in disguise. And, and the reason I, I say that is, for example, let's say you're a doctor, and let's say you have a, a patient who is an alcoholic. The person is drinking themselves to death slowly. You know, Their liver is just getting more and more damaged. And you know, as, as a doctor, you might be thinking to yourself, if, if this trend continues, he's absolutely gonna die. However, if something dire happens, if he blacks out, you know, if he has like some kind of like a really difficult time, loses his job, something that you wouldn't ordinarily wish on someone, you know, then he might come to his senses. So, so and, and, and you'd be kind of like justified in, in, in wanting that calamity to happen for the greater good of this person. So this person can just, you know, reform and live and enjoy his life. So in that same way, it seems like, yes, this is a very difficult time for us all. People are dying, people are losing a lot of money. We're just like distanced, you know, there's, there's so many problems that go along with this. But the reason I say it's a blessing in disguise is because um, if we didn't go through this, it's quite plausible that we we would never summon up the will to adequately address climate change or that um, unless it's too late already, because it may be who knows, um, if it's not too late and and, you know, I'm tending to believe that the, the, the predictions that it's too late are based completely on business as scenario, business as usual scenarios. Meaning if, if we go on our current trajectory, then it'll be too late, but like, you know, Again, so the the answer is we cannot go on a current trajectory trajectory with, with climate science, and we have to um, we really have to substantially, dramatically, completely change our ways and, and how we address energy usage and, and, and land and usage usage and all that. So, so in, in light of that, you know, it's kind of like. Another example, we we go, we have an operation that saves our lives, you know, we get cut open, literally, you know, they work around in there, sew us up, you know, that that certainly is, is like painful, you know, could like, you know, but, you know, relative to, let's say dying from cancer or from other kind of like ailment, then you would think that 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 operation is a blessing in disguise, or, or you know, maybe there's a better term, a necessary evil or whatever. But um, so yeah, so this this pandemic, and if we look at it in, in from the standpoint of it being a blessing in disguise, an opportunity, then instead of you know being like woefully depressed and and, and uh, lacking optimism for the future, we can we can awaken ourselves. We can say to ourselves, we are, we should be fortunate that this is happening because if we care about our children, grandchildren, great grandchildren. You know, this is what it takes, apparently, to awaken our conscience, to to wake us up to the reality that our world as we're living it now is unsustainable. You know, again, it's a, you know, going back to like the factory farming, it's not just about pandemics. I've talked about this before. I'll keep talking about it. Uh, 80% of the antibiotics we use, we use on these factory farms. And because of this more and more bacteria that kill us are becoming antibiotic resistant and some people are suggesting that that antibiotic resistance is actually a more dangerous threat to us than climate change. I mean, I'll have to look into that more. That that may be hyperbole, but it's certainly, you know, I think it's a, it's a, a risk on par with these pandemics. You know, because when you go for operations, dental surgery, whatever it is, you know, you you get antibiotics to protect you from these bad bacteria that would otherwise make you really sick or kill you. So, all right. Um, so again, you know, God willing, I'm going to um, pre- be presenting these issues and I, I want to get a lot more religious. You know, we say 80... Ninety percent of us here in the United States, you know, claim to be spiritual and religious, believe in God and a higher power, but we don't act that way. You know, just just leave everything else aside and just how we treat these farm animals. You know, I mean, we're we're worse to these animals than, than the Nazis were to, to uh, prisoners in World War II and concentration camp, um, you know, inmates. We're just like really horrible. I mean, like we talk about how horrible Trump is and he is horrible, um, but you know, our collective and, and you have to include him in this. It's not like he's a vegan. You know, what we're doing collectively is so much worse than what, what Trump is doing. You know, we have to get rid of him as soon as possible, but, but acknowledge that, understand that, that his evil pales in comparison to our collective evil toward these animals. All right. So but again, you, know, you got We got to be optimistic. We got to see that, yes, this is a difficult time. Yes, it, it, it calls upon us to, to face our evil. And ideally, if we're wisely and intelligently, we'll understand it's not our, you know, our fault. We don't have a free will, but then hopefully it'll motivate us to do a lot of good. All right. Under 30 seconds left. Watch this every Monday through Friday on Channel 76, Optimum 45, Verizon, on White Plains Community Media and, you know, catch the episodes on YouTube. And if you have an, you know, an iPhone, iPad, catch the episodes as podcasts on iTunes. And if you have an Android on Spotify, thanks for watching. Hopefully I'll see you again uh, tomorrow.